Welcome back to the Wrong Opinion, Useless NBA Trivia and Garbage Rankings. As always, if this is your first time, make sure to check out our trailer. We're going to hop right in talking about the Chicago Bulls. We are in a two-team field right now, the level called a single dynasty and nothing more. That's exactly what the Bulls have. Uh, going back, they've been around since 1966. They've always been pretty good, pretty decent. They made the playoffs their first two seasons, but they won the 33 and 29 games, a uh, different league. Uh, by the early 70s, they were, a, they were a very good team. They were in the conference finals in both 74 and 75, a lot of 51 seasons back then, coached by Dick Mata. And shockingly, today is actually his birthday. So happy birthday, Dick Mata. 92 years old and still kicking. Uh, but they have players like Chet Walker, Norm Van Leer. This is past the Bob Boozer phase, who was an important player for them. Uh, but Jerry Sloan, Bob Love, a lot of really nice players for the Bulls in the 70s. Uh, frankly, they just didn't do too much, though. A lot of pretty solid good teams. By the time they were in the early 80s, they were bad. So bad, in fact, that they got the number three pick in the NBA draft in 1984. Somehow lucked into getting the greatest player of all time, Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Now, you look at his first three years and was first rounding out each time, but people will be like, oh, well, he made the playoffs is better than LeBron did his first two years. Yeah, there were 23 teams in 16 playoff spots. He made the playoffs. By 88, he was an MVP, took his team to 50 wins, his first great, great season. 89 and 90, back-to-back -back Eastern Conference Finals, bounced by the Pistons both times. And then in the span of the next eight years, he won six finals. <laughs> uh, what else are you gonna say? They're the most dominant team for an entire decade. There's never been a, a level of dominance. That is the definition of a dynasty right there. Probably could have gotten two more titles if Jordan didn't retire after his father, after his father passed. And this is also the reason I think Phil Jackson's the greatest coach of all time. Uh, by 1989, they were a very good team. He made their. Uh, Jordan made the first conference finals. Uh, the next year they got Phil Jackson, and then the next year they won six out of eight finals. So Phil Jackson, the GOAT. It's hard to coach superstars, and yet he did. There were a lot of good players on the teams. They were fairly stacked, but no more than a lot of other good teams. So anytime somebody says that Jordan had a stacked team, uh, just tell them to back off. Uh, 1998, everything fell apart. Jordan retired, Pippen left, Rodman left, Phil Jackson left. They were left with Tony Kukoc. They won 13 games in the lockout season. That got them the number one pick. And they got Elton Brand. All-time underrated player. Only spent two years in Chicago, and they were both dreadful years. They were really, really bad teams in the early 2000s. But in the 2004 draft, things kind of turned around. They had Kirk Heinrich from the year before. Uh, they had gotten Tyson Chandler several years before, uh, but he was just getting to that age. And then this year, they got Ben Gordon. Could have been all-time sixth man. Ended up struggling with mental issues, mental health issues later in his career. Sixth man of the year as a rookie. That's impressive. And then from 2004-05 season all the way until 16-17, they missed the playoffs one time in 2008. And that was the year they were able to get Derrick Rose with the number one pick. 33 wins and the number one pick the next year. 2011, one of my least favorite teams ever. I hated these Bulls, but I love Joe Kim Noah. They were a perfectly crafted team. We'll get into that more when we talk about Rose and Noah. Spoiler alert, they both make it. Uh, conference finals, it looked like they'd be the team to beat in the 2010s. And then Derrick Rose got hurt, never really came back the same. Joe Kim Noah got hurt, never came back the same. Uh, Jimmy Butler turned into a superstar. Uh, they flipped him for a lesser player and they sucked. And in 2021, they signed DeMar DeRozan. People thought it was the worst signing of the offseason and he took him to the playoffs. 
They're in a really weird spot right now. They're not a very good team. And really, it's just more of the same. For most of their history, they were an average team, except in that 10-year span of absolute greatness. 58 seasons, 37 playoff appearances, six titles. But let's get to the rankings. First team point guard, Derek Rose. I think he's absolutely a Hall of Famer. Seven seasons in Chicago, eight if you include the season he just didn't play with an ACL tear. People forget that in that 2012 season, he only played 39 games. He was not All-NBA. So going from MVP to not All-NBA is already tough. And then he missed the entire next season. Only played 10 games the following season with the ACL injury. But in the NBA, if you have a player that wins an MVP, had an all-time iconic season, how are you not going to get him in the Hall of Fame? The team was crafted around him. A defensive shooting guard, a 3 and D small forward who was an all-star a couple years, Carlos Boozer, a nice scoring, rolling, pick-and-pop guy, and then the gritty, grimy, great passing Joachim Noah at center. And everything went through Derrick Rose. It's not like it was helio heliocentric, but he just commanded the offense. He was the conductor on that, on that team. And they won 62 games. It's going to be a weird Hall of Fame case for him because he only had three all-stars and one all-NBA team at all but that was an MVP year. And people will say, I think, that it was bad luck that in any other universe, he's gonna have a full career. But the way he played his style, he was gonna get hurt eventually, and he just didn't have the mental dispos disposition to deal with it. Nevertheless, Derrick Rose, Hall of Famer. First team shooting guard. No surprises, this is Zach Levine. Zach's been, I'm just kidding, this is Michael Jordan. The all-time leader in pretty much every stat other than three-pointers for the Bulls. Not first in blocks, so there you go. He's the best defensive shooting guard of all time. He's the best scorer of all time. He's one of the best passing shooting, shooting guards of all time. One of the best rebounding, one of the best shot blocking, the most clutch player in NBA history. Not only is there no debate that Michael Jordan is the best player in Bulls history, there's not really a great debate that he's not the best player in NBA history. For an entire decade, it was undeniable that he was the best player in the league, and he won every single time he was supposed to. For LeBron James, there's a lot of times where it's not clear that he was the best player in the league, and that's pretty much my argument. It's not, he was not always the best player in his own league. Uh, but that's enough about Michael. We'll talk about our small forward, Scottie Pippen. He bounces between underrated and overrated every single year. Sometimes LeBron fans will be like, well, Michael Jordan had Scottie Pippen. That's why he got six finals. Like, no, I don't know. He flipped Scottie Pippen with pretty much any other small forward and Jordan will have at least four titles. That's just a terrible argument. Even so, Scottie Pippen is one of the top five to 10 small forwards of all time. Behind LeBron and Rick Barry is probably the third best point forward in terms of passing small forwards. He's in the discussion for best wing defensive player of all time. He's probably it. And in 94, he was an MVP candidate, like legitimate MVP candidate, third in voting when Jordan left. Now the following year really went downhill until Jordan came back, but he proved that he could be the best player on a team. Seven all-stars, bunch of all NBA teams, three first teams. He's second in the franchise and just about everything, steals, assists, third in rebounds, second in points. One of five players with 10,000 points. He's gone off the deep end the last couple years, acting like Jordan was nothing before he got there. And it's very, very odd, but we are not here to talk about that. My favorite Scottie Pippen series ever, because he's one of my favorite players of all time. 91 finals, he's defending Magic Johnson on one end and scoring 21 points per game on the other. I mean, look at the guys he defended in the finals. First team power forward, not an, as obvious of a name, 
but a very clear pick. This is Bob Love, one of those guys from the early 70s. Definitely a swing forward started with Cincinnati with uh, Mr. Oscar Robertson. Burst onto the scene in the 1971 playoffs, averaging 27 points over a seven game series. That same year was the first time he became an all-star, uh, as he was the next couple years. 20 points a game or more from 1970 until 1975. Making the playoffs every single time, second round a couple times, and of course in 75, conference finals. Underrated player from an underrated team in a really, really bad era. But in franchise history, he is third in points, so it's hard to argue anybody but him. Not a great rebounder, not a stellar defensive player, but he could score the freaking ball. I don't know if he was the best player on those teams, but the offense went through him. Second team All-NBA two times, peaked at sixth in MVP voting in 1972. Would you look at that? First team center, Artis Gilmore. I knew Artis as the all-time field goal percentage leader if you're just considering NBA because if you uh, factored in ABA, it went down a little bit and then Shaq overtook him. He shot 59.9% from, from the field for his career. That used to be head and shoulders above everybody. 2% higher than Mark West and Shaq. And since then, DeAndre Jordan, Rudy Gobert, Clint Capella, and Montrez Harrell have all passed him. Over 60% shooting. Just a weird, weird world. And then there's another six guys between him and Shaq now. Even so. So he peaked really in the ABA, led the league in rebounds a bunch of times, and even got a title with Chicago, who's a 23 and 13 guy. Now he moved like a mummy, he looked like a vampire, and he didn't take shots he couldn't make. But he's one of the better centers of his era. Clear Hall of Famer, had a long, long career, played until he was 38. Seven of those years in Chi-Town. All-time leader in blocks, only one over 1,000. So that's our first team, Derrick Rose, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Bob Love, Artis Gilmore. Second team, point guard, Norm Van Leer. I think he should be in the Hall of Fame. Played seven seasons in Chicago, was on Cincinnati before that, and as soon as he came to Chicago is when they had the best couple years. So that's that's the argument. Uh, three All-Stars while he was there. 14-7 uh, and seven kind of dude. Maybe the best player on the team. That's that's the thing with this team. It's there was really just four guys who were all of equal skill, and we'll get to a couple of the other ones later. One of the early great defensive point guards, all defensive team eight times, first team three times. And he was second team All NBA in '74, and even to this day, fourth in assists, fourth in steals. And there's an interesting thing if you look at the single season triple double records. The top 30 are kind of names you would expect: Jason Kidd, Jokic, Westbrook. And then one guy in there, 12 triple-doubles in 1971, Norm Van Leer. Might shock you. Uh, died in 2009 at only 61 years old. RIP Storm and Norman. Tied with Michael Cooper for the most all-defensive teams for guys not in the Hall of Fame. Second team, shooting guard. His backcourt mate for a couple years there, Jerry Sloan. Played 10 of his 11 seasons in Chicago from 66 until 67. Once again, on those very good teams. He got a couple All-Stars while there. He was a good rebounder. 7-8 rebounds a game. A couple assists, 18 points. But where it really mattered was on the defensive end. Six times all defense, four of which were first team. That was the glory of this team, and nobody was scoring on their guards. Sloan is at 10,000 points. One of five guys in that club. He's also fifth in total rebounds for the Bulls. Uh, of course, just died a couple years ago. One of, was one of the greatest coaches in NBA history. Hall of Famer. Best coach, never won a title. I think that's right. 
which is a bummer because he was a winning coach, winning player, and just never, never got it. Second team, small forward. I juggled a couple guys here from that 70s team to the 2010s team. I went with the 70s team. Going with Chet Walker. You might have heard about him for the first time in your life last week with the Sixers. First seven years in Philly, six the next six years in Chicago. And he was a better scorer in Chicago, 20 points a game. Free throw percentage leader in 71, 86%. It's a very low percentage to lead the league. And I just keep harping back on this. Obviously the 90s were the greatest era in the Bulls history. Probably the greatest era in NBA history for a single team. Those 70s were really, really good though. He had four all-stars with Chi-Town. Of course, he was the one player on the team that had a title with the 67 Sixers. My favorite series for him, from him, 74 Western Conference semis, playing Detroit, adequate team. Seven games, 22 points per game, stepped up big when it mattered. Then they got swept by Kareem. The next year in the Western Finals, they lost in seven to the Golden State Warriors, who won the title. So that's admirable. Once scored 56 points in a game, the highest in Bulls history until Jordan broke it. Second team power forward. I think he is one of the most overrated players of all time, but he was the third best player on a three-peat team and a dominant defensive force. Dennis Rodman only spent three years with Chicago and they weren't as good as you'd think. Played 64 games, 55 games. His final year there, played 80, only started 66. There's a lot of off-the-court stuff. He was a dominant rebounder, 15 a game for his career with the Bulls. Led the league each time. Uh, didn't score. Again, I think when a player gets 20 rebounds and zero points multiple times in games, that's not really all that impressive. He was never All-NBA with the Bulls, and he only had one All-Defensive team with the Bulls in those three years. In 96, in the playoffs, he got cooked by Sean Kemp. Uh, Sean Kemp's hard to guard, but he's but Robin's supposed to be the greatest defensive player of all time. I think he's overrated. Even so, he's clearly the second best power forward in franchise history. But when your nicknames are Dennis the Menace, Psycho, Rodzilla, El Loco, Demolition Man, and The Worm, you're probably the guy that hurts your team. Second team center, I might be biased because I freaking love this guy. Ah, Frenchman. Joakim Noah, nine years in Chicago, two All-Stars, first team All-NBA in 2014, Defensive Player of the Year in 2014, bunch of triple doubles in 2014, by far his best season, 13, 11, and 5, while getting a block and a half and a steal and a half a game. The offense ran through a center who couldn't score. How often does that happen, ever? And he was a freaking gamer. Don't forget he won two titles in college with Florida as the best player on the team. Just in big moments, he came through. And he is 100% the biggest casualty of Derrick Rose's injury and subsequent inability to get back on the court other than Derrick Rose himself. D Rose stays healthy if they upgrade at probably shooting guard at some point that will end up being Jimmy Butler. They don't have Thibodeau breaking everybody down. They might get two titles in that decade, if they have two titles, Noah's probably a Hall of Famer. And I will go down in history saying that. Ranks pretty high in a lot of stuff. Ninth in steals, fourth in rebounds, third in blocks. I love Joakim Noah. I love guys that get way better in the playoffs and in, and in important games. Almost took down the 09 Celtics who were theoretically better than the 08 Celtics. Game seven stripped Paul Pierce, ran the floor, touchdown, game over. That's our second team, Norm Van Leer, Jerry Salone, Chet Walker, Dennis Rodman, Joakim Noah. Third team, point guard, Reggie Theus. All-time great scorer, all-time great passer. I think he's one of the more underrated players. He was on a lot of bad 80s teams, playoffs once in 80, 
in 81 with Chicago. Uh, spent some years with different teams later, probably better with Sacramento. But in six seasons, 19 points, six assists a game. Once put up 24 points a game, 48% shooting. It's pretty good, my dude. Two-time All-Star. No All-NBA teams. Uh, he is still 10th in points, 6th in assists. He was like the uh, the Clyde Frazier of Chicago for the 80s. Rush Street Reggie. Apparently had a very active social life. I do want to mention he didn't make the playoffs a lot with Chicago, but in 81 he did win the first round series. Uh, beat the Knicks 2-0. I guess that was a thing back then. Uh, they won by one point in the final game, 37 points, 11 assists, and then, you know, swept by Boston. Really awesome player, beloved by the Bulls. They hated it when he's traded away. Super energetic, super entertaining, gregarious. I love Reggie Theus. Uh, second team, small forward. I don't love this pick because I don't love this player. I think he is the Sharif Abdur-Rahim of our time, but in six seasons, he's averaged 25 points a game and got a couple all-star teams. Was the second best player on two playoff teams that were not bad. This is Zach Levine. Very nice three-point shooter, uh, can get an open bucket, great dunker, but does not help your team win. When they traded buckets for him, the team just tanked immediately. As a guy from Southwest Michigan with with a bunch of uh, with a bunch of Bulls fans in my life, uh, I grew to hate him more because he is incredibly overrated. Still only 28 years old, still has time to turn this thing around. Nine years in the league and he's 28. That is absolutely crazy to me. That's. It's not something you saw 30 years ago. So maybe they can turn it around, but I think the, if the Bulls have a chance, it's by trading him away. Even so, Electric, Chicago loves him. And with stats like that, there's just nobody that holds a candle to it. Third team, small forward. Luol Dang, another guy. Chicago loves a lot of these gritty, grimy guys. Chicago just loves their basketball team. All of these guys, there's like nobody that the Bulls have hated. Like, I think every team has that one guy that they're like, yeah, I hate that guy. He didn't do anything for us. The Bulls love their dudes. Uh, Luol Dang, 10 years in Chicago, couple all-stars, did not come off the court at any point during any game ever, it seemed like. A uh, nice 3D guy, could not hit threes early on, and then started raining them by 2011, hitting a couple a game at 35%. Very good defensive player, kind of like a Chris Middleton, but a worse free throw shooter. Just a glue guy, did everything, and a good second banana for an all-time great player. Uh, from Sudan and went to Duke, so that's a really cool story. And ends up in franchise history. Fifth in steals, ninth in rebounds, fourth in points, 10,000 points. I think he was the third biggest casualty of the Derrick Rose injury, because if they get more than two titles, he might be a Hall of Famer. I said that about Chris Middleton. If they get two or three more titles, he's a Hall of Famer. Same thing with, you know, Manu, Ginobili, and Klay Thompson. They're not Hall of Famers without a couple titles, but because they are, it's like, yeah, obviously. Third team power forward, going Bob Boozer. He was the best player on the team when they, uh, when they were an expansion team. Only three years there, and they sucked. So that's why he got a lot of shots. Uh, but averaged 20 points a game, eight, nine, 10 rebounds a game, 49% shooting. There's one guy I'm looking at that I might want to put above him. I'll, I'll just say, I think D Dave Greenwood could go right above him. He was there in the 80s. Wasn't there much longer. He didn't have much more success and stats were way worse. So I'm going with Bob Boozer. He won a title with Oscar Robertson in 71, the guy he played with uh, 10 years before in Cincinnati and before that on a really good Olympic team that beat their opponents by 42 points per game. Uh, and that team that he, that Olympic team that he went on in 1960, elected in the Hall of Fame. Probably the great pre-dream team, Olympic team. Third team center, Tom Borwinkle. Now, if I told you one era in Bulls history would have 
all five starters on this list, you probably would have said the 90s, right? But no, we're going with uh, Tom Borwinkle, the center on those 70 teams. Played his entire career in Chicago. It's not like he was great. Seven points a game, nine rebounds. Really good rebounder for a couple years. 14, 12, 11, 11. Decent passer. But for that much longevity on a team that made that many playoffs, I think it's clear it's Tom. Big Daddy. Dylan's up second in total rebounds, just behind Michael Jordan. Once grabbed 37 rebounds in a game. His teammates loved him. He died 10 years ago. I remember Artis Gilmore raving about how important he was for those teams. He and Artis only played together two years, uh, but Gilmore was talking about Tom's, just that he knew his role, and that's just an important part of a team. Uh, so after our third team, Reggie Thea, Zach Levine, Luol Dang, Bob Boozer, and Top Burwinkle. Uh, hardest cuts, Kirk Heinrich. The point guards are really, really good. Three kind of unassailable point guards, uh, but Kirk was really important for those. There's a couple really bad teams, then a couple decent teams, and then he left and came back for the post Derrick Rose Bulls. Uh, great defensive player, good shooter. I liked him a lot. Ben Gordon. Uh, talked about him earlier. He might have been able to go above Zach Levine. I like him a lot more. He could have been Vinny Johnson. Uh, he left. Man, if he just stayed stayed on those teams when Derrick Rose started taking off, he would have been the perfect sixth man, taking some stress off of D Rose to score. Once again, sixth man of the year as a rookie. That's impressive. Orlando Woolridge played a little bit with Jordan. Uh, nice score. Uh, not really tantamount to winning. DeMar DeRozan, I really wanted to sneak on here. He's clearly better than Zach Levine. Uh, and DeMar used to play shooting guard and then kind of transferred as he got older to small forward. So I just didn't want to lie and call him a shooting guard now with the Bulls because he's never really been a shooting guard with the Bulls. Uh, but kind of transformed the franchise in a very small sense. But more importantly, transformed his career. I think he solidified his Hall of Fame case with that second team All-NBA season in 2022. Uh, Tony Kukoc. Important player for the late 90s Bulls. Sixth man of the year. Hall of Famer, mostly because of his uh, international stats. Uh, Dave Greenwood talked about him, just barely not. Horace Grant. Uh, Horace Grant probably could have been the guy over Bob Boozer to even out the uh, to even out the rankings. Give us four guys from the 90s. And Charles Oakley, who is traded in favor of Horace Grant. The Bulls had Oakley and Grant, so they traded Oakley to the Knicks to get a center. They should have just kept Oakley and Grant. That would have been a great tandem. How many big guys you need? They got Cartwright instead, who is a worse player than Oakley. If you guys hate my wrong opinions, tweet me at WrongOpinionNBA. We will be back next week for the second team in this level titled A Single Dynasty and Nothing More. The difference? This dynasty never won back-to-back -back titles, but, was, but won 50 games for like two decades straight and I consider that a dynasty. I'm assuming you can guess who that is. Till then, peace out.